When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Good to have you all here. Joined by one of my dearest friends, the one and only, the editor and publisher of the Spun.com, the great Matt Halatic. Matt, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Hondo. Always a, a pleasure to kick the week off with you talking some ball. So we're going to start Raiders. We're going to be really Raiders heavy today. Tom Brady comes out and says, listen, I want to make it clear, I, I believe I'm done playing football. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Brady's teasing everybody. I don't think he's doing that at all. I think a lot of people years ago watched Nick Saban say, I'm not going back to Alabama when he was a coach of the Dolphins. And they learned their lesson and said, hey, no more, no mores. It's, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. I know that in my life, I'm like that because I watched that firsthand, but he comes out and says, you know, I believe I'm done. I, I, I'm going to tell you this without getting into details. I a hundred percent believe and know that he thinks he's done. But when the Raiders have Jimmy Garoppolo, who everything I'm hearing is going to be healthy, but with his injury history <clears throat> and he's now going to be part owner. I think it's a door that's that is definitely open 
And I think it's definitely a possibility, but I don't think it's any way like people are making it sound. What are your thoughts on, on Brady? Yeah, I mean, obviously we know the Raiders wanted Tom Brady uh, this offseason but before he retired. Um, so with that speculation, it's always going to be there, plus um, the connection he has to not just the Davises, but obviously Josh McDaniels from the New England days. I still lean towards, like you said, where I think he is pretty much uh, ready to move on, ready to be done playing. And obviously there's some things that would complicate a return to the Raiders in terms of the the rest of the league having to approve of the, the decision since he's now part owner and some other financial stuff. So I would lean against him playing. You can never say never totally. Um, I think obviously Jimmy Garoppolo passing his physical later this summer pretty much el eliminates the possibility of Brady returning, but you're going to continue to hear about it until then. And then I think even if he does pass the physical, if he plays a little bit during a regular season and then gets banged up, you'll hear more about it then. But I, I still think that when push comes to shove, Brady won't be playing for the Raiders. I agree with you. You know, what's funny is him and Jimmy, because Bill Belichick wanted to keep Jimmy and Josh did too, and move on from Tom. Well, that's not really fair because in the Patriot organization, whatever Bill wants, all the employees want because they want one voice. But <clears throat> because Bill wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, there's always been that edge, not from Garoppolo to Brady, but from Brady to Garoppolo. I remember a couple of years ago, there was comments leaked about they want that guy. And man, Raider haters wanted to make it so much about Derek Carr. It had nothing to do with Derek Carr. It had everything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> which I had reported. And now all of a sudden, because of his competitiveness, that, that's always going to be a burr under his saddle a little bit, wouldn't it? I think so. I think because, you know, there's the uh, – I don't think there's anything from what I've heard and from what has been reported that there's any real animosity between the two. No, 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 no. But Just he's like, so he's competitive. Like, right, exactly. And I think he did take that personally that they wanted uh, to move on from him in New England, just like he would, you know, take any type of slight personally. He has that kind of Michael Jordan, Kobe competitiveness to him. Um, so I think that would also complicate matters. I do agree. And I think that that the Raiders probably have to be thinking about that and knowing that when they bring Tom Brady into the fold as an owner, that, hey, these rumors are going to pop up. There's the history with him and Garoppolo. How do we deal with that? How do we handle that? Yeah, I find it completely fascinating. All right, I want to talk to you about Raider fans. And let me just first say, these people have been so good to us. Tens of thousands of views. People every day coming to our podcast. We're so appreciative and grateful to them. So we're not talking down about them or talking poorly. It's just fascinating to me, and I want to get your perspective. When I moved here, I talked to a ton of people around the NFL, and this is my fourth season, who were telling me Gruden loves Carr, doesn't want to get rid of Carr, Carr's not going anywhere. When I came over and when the Raiders moved to Vegas, I moved to Vegas to cover them, and all I heard about in the media, a lot in the media, not all, but was they want to get rid of them, they're looking to trade them, don't think Carr's going to be here. So I'm talking to people around the league. I'm talking to people in the building. And all I'm getting is, nah, it's not happening. We love Derek. 
So I begin to report. Derek's highly respected. Derek's not going anywhere. And there was a chunk of the fan base that loved me for that. I didn't understand why they loved me for reporting what was just factual, but they did. Then there came the group of people who just said, oh, Hondo is a complete car um, fan. So, uh oh, <clears throat> they hated me for it. Well, along comes a coach. Then I reported that Jim, that, that uh, Josh McDaniels was in the mix. Oh my God. I got so much hate. Well, I'm just reporting what's going on. Now Derek's gone. And there's a segment of the fan base that now just hates uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Just hate them. I mean, it just doesn't matter what you say. Hate them. I get the emails. I hope the Raiders lose every game. We're going to get rid of them. I have never seen a fan base. I've seen a fan base with a toxic player or coach, and they get rid of the player. And the coach may have been toxic or may not be. The fan base just didn't like him. Like, I don't think Derek's a toxic person in the least bit. I like Derek and consider him a friend. But that that, that just that player or coach is gone, and, and they kind of gel back together. Now it seems to me as if the divide is even wider between those that, hey, Josh is our coach. I want him to succeed, and I hate his guts and hope he fails. It's a dynamic I've never seen. In this in this multitude, here's my question for you: How much of this is the fan base's fault, or how much is the franchise that sells them on merchandise and everywhere they go, just win, baby, and they don't win? I'm going to tell you this: I don't put this. And now, before I came here, I'm going to totally admit it: I would have put this on the fans. But not anymore, Matt. The longer I'm here, I mean, that that just win baby is everywhere. They echo it throughout the year. They echo it throughout the offseason. It is their mantra. And when you got that mantra and you have not delivered, it, I think the toxicity is created by the team. I, it, to me, it's a fine balancing act. Where, where am I wrong or do you agree with me? It's always the chicken or the egg of uh, debate with stuff like this. And I think with almost any fan base, you could find a player or a coach or something that's very polarizing. Um, but in your in this case with the Raiders, I think I kind of put it back more on the organization because I look at it like this. For the last 20 years, this is an organization that has lost a lot of football games. I think there's two playoff appearances in 20 seasons. Um, and they no, fired both the coaches. And they fired both the coaches. No playoff wins since their trip to the Super Bowl uh, in 2002 to 2003. So you have a franchise that has a strong history and has a tradition and hasn't lived up to it and is still trying to sell that tradition and still trying to market the mystique and the aura and the accomplishments of the Raiders, and they haven't backed it up on the field. Um, here's an example. Like, obviously, the 2021 season was a little bit of a mess with the Gruden stuff mid-year. But wait, no wait, wait, wait. I love you. You're my friend. But to call that a little bit of a mess when I'm embedded in it, <laughs> come on, let's be realistic. That was a nightmare. Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, John Gruden. I mean, come on. 
No, it was, it was. And but through all that, they were able to still win 10, ga- 10 games. Rich Passaccia got the t- team to play for him. They make the playoffs. So there are some good vibes. Now you're going into last season off a 10-win campaign. You hire a new head coach, new GM, and you're selling the fan base on we're ready to win. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're a playoff team. We're going to take another step. And I know progress isn't always linear in the NFL and in any sport, but they took a massive step back. 11 losses, um, really – couple of really embarrassing defeats and now the fan base is cynical again and they're just like hey show me something show me something they don't have the faith that things are going to work out and i'll tell you what i've seen it out here uh, on the east coast uh with the with the jets and the giants uh, and the jets obviously and giants have different histories the giants have won four super bowls they have more recent success but the Giants before last year had had nine, eight, nine years where I think they had a, seven losing seasons and made the playoffs one time. And fans were saying they don't believe anything's going to work. And there's just that cynicism built up with all the losing and all the failures and all the fits and starts. And that's where I think it, it, it kind of you're at. And it's here's the problem. It's a catch-22 because now the fan base is really toxic uh, in, in some ways. It's uh, And, again, another example out here in the East Coast is the Knicks, of course, the Knicks for decades. Um, the fan base is kind of in this toxic, vicious cycle, but the organization is not doing anything to improve upon it. So it's sort of like, how does this snap? What, where is the breakthrough? Is it going to be with this specific coaching staff? Is it going to be if they land a particular quarterback or player that just kind of changes the fortunes of the franchise totally? Um, I don't know. But I do put more of the blame on the organization than the fans because here's the thing. Fans are – and I consider myself a fan, sports fan. Fans are emotional. Fans are going to react strongly in the moment, positively or negatively. Um and social media exacerbates that. But the overall kind of temperature of the fan base, you know, would be a lot more stable if there was more success and more stability in the organization. And that's what I think. Winning uh, covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? It 100% it does. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is I, I like the Raiders. I like Mark Davis. I'm not ripping him. But when your organization selling point is just win, mm-hmm. just win, then you better just win or that fan base is holding you to that standard. And I'm going to tell you something. I'll, I'll give you another unique dynamic. So, you know, I'm from Michigan. And in Michigan, the Lions are really like the Cubs in baseball used to be before they were, you know, they, they won a World Series. They're just the lovable losers. Mm-hmm. and Matt Millen is one of my dear friends. I'm friends with so many former Lions. I covered them. And, you know, okay, well, the Lions lost. All right, they 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 tried hard. Or, hey, do you remember when they got into a wild card playoff? Let's celebrate that team. You come here, and that was a step. It, it, it wasn't a step back for me, 
because I grew up a Michigan State, obviously, where they just lost and lost and lost and lost. Then George Perlis took them to a Rose Bowl. Then they lost and lost and lost. Nick Saban got him okay, but he leaves. And then Mark D'Antonio did so much. But where Michigan State used to be in Michigan, where Michigan, you know, they wanted to fire Lloyd Carr. Can't spell Lloyd without two L's. Then they went through a season, you know. And to me, it was just, if I hadn't seen that dynamic, it would have been different. But I, everyone wants to take shots at the fans. I, I just don't think that's right here. I think this is an organization that's culpable. I agree. And I'll give you another example. I know it's, there's probably some fans rolling their eyes, listening to me talk all about these New York and these East Coast teams. But it's all about the expectations you set. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me, take a look at the Yankees out here. Um, the Yankees have obviously had – they win every year, 90-plus games, almost sometimes 100 games. They're in the playoffs. But they haven't been to the World Series or won a World Series in 14 years. And the Yankees have set the standard of winning championships. And fan the fan base is up in arms that they can't get to a World Series and win a World Series. And around the – other fan bases are like, look how spoiled you sound. Look how, and, and it's true, the fan base is spoiled, but that's part of the expectations that are set. Like, listen, you know, the Tigers, I'm talking about Michigan, the Tigers, I know they've been to a couple of World Series in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, but if they get to a wild card berth or win the Central, it's a party out there. You know, I'll tell you a funny story about the Tigers. <clears throat> so remember, mm-hmm. it was, in the 2000s, but I don't remember when. <laughs> they had had the worst record, I think, in Major League Baseball yeah. history. Or one of the worst. I mean, their organization was just filth. And Jim Rome came to Michigan to do a tour stop. And he was overwhelmed because he walks out on stage, Lions, Red Wings, Pistons, all of that. And the crowd for like 15 minutes, he's standing he came and talked. They just they just love them. You're absolutely right. It's expectations set it. And and I you know what I'm gonna say this. I feel bad for the fans. I, I know fans that just have said to me, it's so toxic. I just walked away from the whole thing. And that I just hate that. But again, culpability on the team. All right, I want to get to the next subject because I think it's really important. And I think it's it it's it tells us a lot about the Raiders, and this is why I want to get to it. This is a team, they're in the middle of OTAs. There is a lot of consternation about Jimmy. I've did my best to put that to rest. The team has zero concerns. He's getting cleaned up. Having a waiver in his contract for injury is not rare in the NFL. <clears throat> they are fully on board with him. Now, I want to go somewhere with this. I have said that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels rolled the dice on Jimmy Garoppolo. If he plays all 17 games, I think they win nine. And if he does, they're heroes. And people said, how can you call them heroes? They didn't, you know, they didn't go to a Super Bowl. Well, they got a starting quarterback at a bargain price and still get to nine wins. But listen, I like Josh and I like Dave. If this guy doesn't play all 17 games. He misses significant time with injury, Matt. This is all on them. They own it either way. I mean, they are in for a big reward or a big 
a you know loss because I'm going to pin it on them. I like them both, but my job's not to sit here and just pump everybody up or be a cheerleader. And I have some people now saying, "Oh, you're just being a cheerleader for the organization." I'm I'm really not. They've earned the right to bring in whoever they want to trust their medical people to trust their guts and instincts. But Raider Nation has a right to hold them accountable. To me, this this rest, this is a big reward year for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels or a big nightmare, either one. And I'm going to side with them. Okay, I trust them. I think they're good guys. We're going to go with them. But, man, they fail. They're going to fail big. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think it all goes back to what we've just been discussing about expectations and about past performance and past um, examples of, of what's happened. Uh, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he's had injury problems. And when he's played a full 16, 17 games, his teams have either gone to the Super Bowl or been on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. He's it's a winner. He can't play. He, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not that he can't play, but he does get hurt a lot. And I think that that's why when you see the reports about the waiver in the contract and you see the, you know, Josh McDaniels saying that he's, He's working through some stuff and there's, you know, he the it's revealed that he had the surgery and he hasn't passed his physical yet. Fans are expecting the worst. And I think it's because they are possibly expecting the worst because of some losing seasons, but also expecting the worst because of Jimmy Garoppolo's personal history. He's been banged up almost every, it seems like every season. So fans are not expecting him to start 17 games and and have them in the mix for a wild card berth. They're worried about him, you know, not making it through training camp or getting hurt early in the season. So I understand why. And I I think that that, like, again, that's the risk you take. And I was looking at the Raiders schedule when it came out um, and we finally got, you know, the dates and and times and where the trips and, and whatnot. And I thought, you know, this is a team that is probably in the seven, eight, can win nine games range if he's playing. Yep. If they have to use Brian Hoyer and uh, Aiden O'Connell, and that's what they're going with, they're not winning that many games. And they're looking at now you're looking at the season becomes playing for draft position. All right. I want to go there next. Um, I've got a pad podcast coming later about Aiden O'Connell and how he looks in camp. So, Let's just say for, for right now, you know, Aiden's a rookie. You never want to trust a rookie. But Brian Hoyer comes in, and this is a guy that, when he's had weapons around him, has looked very good. I'm not claiming he's Tom Brady, but he has looked very good. Everyone seems to feel like, okay, if Jimmy gets hurt, the team's over. It's done. Cook the book. I mean, cook the season. It's over. But are people underestimating Brian Hoyer? I think they have. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, Brian's my friend. I've known him for pretty near 20 years. I know his mom and dad. I knew, I knew his grandma, his brothers and sisters, all of that. So I know the family super well. And I think I'm objective enough to just say, listen, I, I don't think that that the season's over. Now, in your team like the Raiders building for the future, but not rebuilding, more retooling, you don't bring in a 15-year vet to carry the team for the next five years. But if Jimmy goes down and you got Brian in there filling in till the end of the season, I don't think it's as over as everybody thinks. Do you think people are overreacting to Brian because he's never been a long-term starter? 
Or what do you think? Because or, or do you think it's just, hey, Hondo, you're his friend? Um, it's probably a little bit of the fact that he's been, for the most part, a second string guy. He's had a couple seasons where he started and looked pretty good, but I, I think he's respected as a solid bet. You know what you're getting from him. He's going to be a reliable backup, and he's a guy that can be a capable fill-in when asked upon. I think the concern is if you're if you're asking him to be your starter week in and week out. You know, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays the first 10 games and, I don't know, sprains an ankle or something, has to miss a week or two, or, you know, pulls a muscle, then you Brian Hoyer can get you through that stretch, and he will have you. If you're in a playoff contention, he'll keep you in contention. He'll hold down the fort. I right. think that – And you understand other, I'm not calling him a long-term viable star. No, but I think that playing him long-term over the course of the season – um, is probably not something that the fan base wants to see. Also, from a from a perspective of, and this isn't really Brian's fault, when you're an older veteran, you're not as exciting. Fans are gonna if you know if they're if he's playing and the Raiders are struggling and it looks like they're out of playoff contention, fans are gonna want to see Aiden O'Connell, even if they don't think he's the long term answer, or they don't you know they're not confident in him. They want to see the fresh, young, unknown quantity and see if they could get a spark from that as opposed to a guy who's been around a long time. You're absolutely right. I, I could not word that any better. And, you know, Brian's been there. Remember, he was on a roster with Drew Stanton that played well over a decade. Then he was on a roster with Kirk Cousins in college, Nick Foles. I mean, this guy has been around it a long time. He was on you know, with Tom Brady and all that. He, he understands how the system works. I think that's interesting. Lastly today, I want to talk to you about something. Hard knocks. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Everyone laughs at me in my household. Because hard knocks is on TV in the middle of training camp. And when training camp's going, I'm gone every day, all day. I mean, it's just brutal. I mean, it's brutal on players. On a media guy that's a beat writer, you're there all day. And I will rush home to watch the hard knocks. And everyone like, can't don't you get enough? No, I don't. I just love the game. I love it. And I get fans all the time will say to me, Hondo, how real is that? Well, it's super real. Now the teams do get final say and they can say, hey, we don't want that in there. And I want to talk about hard knocks today because it's June. Last year they announced. I don't even remember what team is doing. I think it was the Lions. They announced in March the Lions are going to do it. They haven't announced it yet. Now, I've had player uh, coaches tell me a great story. You're going to love this. I'm not going to tell you what team. But there was a guy who was a um, just a long shot to make the roster. He was a camp body so that some veteran could beat him up. And he makes this great play, and the coach walks over and says, man, great play. You keep doing stuff like that, you're going to make the team. Well, it gets on hard knock. Then the guy becomes a fan favorite. Fans are rooting for the guy. I, I don't know if there was Twitter and websites, but there was all kinds of support. Now, the coach said to me, that's what the coach said, because the guy does 20 things wrong for one thing right, and they catch the one thing right, and they think I love him. The next week they're doing something. Again, 20 things wrong, does one thing right. Man, great job. And he said, so fans are bursting with expectation. Then 
you know, the hard knocks people can suggest things or whatever. So they keep the guy around, you know, the last day they bring the Turk and they're cutting players and whatever he gets cut. And he said, and I'm going to clean up the language, but that gummit, he said, I, I walk in the season signs being held up should have kept so-and-so he goes. And then when we struggled and a guy gets hurt, should have kept so-and-so he goes, and they didn't see that he made three good plays, all of training camp, thousands of reps. And it just happened to get caught by hard knocks. I know this teams hate it because then you get players who are really quiet because they don't want all their business on TV. Then they get players who are hams and want to be known. So you get picked up by another team. I know this. It is hated. Some players like it. Some coaches like it. But overall, teams, players, etc. There is hatred for hard knocks. Your thoughts on hard knocks, then we'll get into the teams that are possible this year. But your thoughts on what I just told you. I understand where the coaches and players are coming from, but I also understand why it's such a popular show from a fan perspective because it does give you a lot of great insights and a lot of fun looks at personality. Some of these players, the personality of some of these teams Um, last year was the Lions because remember Aiden Hutchinson had the famous Billie Jean karaoke moment where he was singing and in front of the team and you get things like that. Yes. Yes. And then you get, um, I mean, years ago, Rex Ryan with the Jets, he became kind of a, a, a even bigger media sensation. Let's go get a snack. Let's get a snack. Exactly. And, and you know, every, How about every, Riley Bulla? Mike Riley is a great friend of mine. I mean, a great mm-hmm. friend who played. It was Joe Dirt with Tampa. And remember that? And yeah, Riley yeah. and I to this day are still great friends. He didn't, I know this. His family did not like him being called Joe Dirt. <laughs> I can imagine. And every year there's that guy that you're talking about. That's a fan favorite that um, either emerges, you know, maybe during a preseason game or kind of catches the eyes of the camera in practice. And it, it you get all those storylines every season. And it's a lot of fun. So I think it's a, you know, it's a show that's been going on for over, I think two decades at this point, and it hasn't lost its luster, hasn't lost its fastball. So uh, I'm still a big fan. All right. So here are the teams, the Jets, the Commanders, the Saints, and the Bears are the four teams that are eligible. I don't think anybody other than football junkies want to see the Bears. Just, yeah, none of the Bears. The Saints, I think there are a lot of Raider fans that would like to see the Saints. Either the, the, the Raider fans that don't like Derek or do like Derek want to see how he's doing. But I don't think there's a huge appeal for the Saints nationally. But there wasn't for the Lions last year either. Then there is the Commanders, and I think with all the drama around that franchise, that would be interesting. I think the ideal choice is the Jets. I personally believe, and I saw someone write this. I think it was Florio at PFT, but I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not trying to steal his thunder, but it was somebody that said they think the delay is because the league wants the Jets to do it, which I believe they do, and they're waiting to try to make it happen. Uh, but I agree with Florio. I think the Jets. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy. I, I don't care for Aaron Rodgers, the person. I have too many friends that have played with him or been in the organization with him. So I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy at all. I don't really want to see Aaron Rodgers. But I just think the appeal to it, because Aaron's such a big story, I, I, to me is the big one. Then I think you go to Commanders. 
then the Saints, then the Bears. Your thoughts? That's how I would tier them, too. Um, I think that the Commanders have, because of the constant drama with that franchise and the story around the ownership of the team and the sale of the franchise, um, there's a lot of cool potential storylines there. I think there's a lot that you would get out of out of following them for the summer. I think the Jets are by far the number one choice, the sexiest choice, because of the entire Aaron Rodgers storyline. Um, you know, the Robert Sala saying that he feels the team is one of the six to eight teams that can win a Super Bowl. Um, the expectations that are there, the New York media market, um, you know, some of the acquisitions they had that came in with Rodgers, guys like Lazard and Cobb and some of Rodgers' former teammates that are there, some of the young stars that the Jets have. Um, you know, the Jets are still waiting to figure out this Quinn and Williams contract situation. There's so many different storylines and, and topics that will be fun to follow uh, if the Jets are the team. And I think that they should be the team. I, I'm hoping that that's going to be uh, the pick for the NFL. Either way, we're going to be watching. Yes, that's true. All right. Last cut topic for today, but I think it's a germane topic. You know, it used to be when you and I were young, and I'm a lot older than you, you would see first-round draft picks that held out way into camp, some of them even into the season. Now, I just I love the way the NFL has tiered the salary structure. So basically within a few dollars and a couple of negotiations here or there, you know where everyone's going to be and what everyone's going to get. To me, I think this has been really important to the National Football League. What do you think about that? Well, I think that, um, I mean, it, it stinks for some of the, the players, especially the big quarterbacks. I mean, you think some of the deals that like Matthew Stafford and Bradford and guys like that got coming out uh, at the time, um, you know, they were huge for, you know, what the prices were, salaries were at that time. Now you have, kind of the cookie cutter salary tiers. But I do think that in terms of, like you said, kind of leveling the playing field and taking all those holdout type stuff off the table, it has had its desired impact. I think it's been a positive for that. And it's a positive for teams being able to kind of get that out of the way and for players to kind of know what they're stepping into and not to worry about, uh, the structure of their deal or how much money they're making right off the bat. Totally agree with you. All right. He is the one and only Matt Halatic. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. He's my good buddy, the one and only, the great Matt Halatic, the editor and publisher of Spun.com. You need to make the Spun part of your favorites. I read it every single day. It covers all of the world of sports. And it just gives you the highlights and the trending stories. It's 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 so good. I love it and I enjoy it. Matt, thanks for being with us each and every week. I appreciate you, brother. Anytime, man. Always a pleasure. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.